Sky Sports Radio combined with Harness Racing New South Wales brings you On The Pace for your daily dose of news and tips. Good morning and welcome to On The Pace. I hope your week has started well from all of us here at Sky Radio. Um, Michael Guerin joining you for the next half an hour to talk about harness racing things predominantly in New South Wales, although over the weekend at Menangle on Saturday night we had a major meeting and the Victorians came north, they invaded, and they invaded with some success. One of those invaders, she's not an awfully big invader, so she's not that scary, but she does know how to win major races, was Kate Gath. She took out the APG Gold Bullion four-year-old Mia's final on Tough Tilly. It's a great story. We're going to find more about that out now with Kate. Good morning to you, Kate. Thank you for joining us. Morning. Thanks for having me. All right. We know that you are a superstar range person down there in Victoria. Do you like coming to Menangle? Do you like the difference of driving there, Kate? And, and what is the difference between it and driving at Melton? Yeah, well, it's always good to, um, you know, give yourself a challenge, and it is a very different, uh, you know, track to drive on compared to, compared to Melton, um, just being the size and where you are in the run. Um, you sort of have to be very aware of, you know, where the 800 and the 400 is because it's very different to most tracks. So, um, yeah, it was good to go there and get a win. Do you feel like you're going faster at Menangle because we know so often there's the 150 type miles? There wasn't that case on Saturday night, it was a 153, but does it actually feel like you're going faster in a normal race at Menangle compared with the race at Melbourne? Um, Not really. I mean, the other night it was pretty, really pretty controlled tempo and like a 30.8 quarter at Menangle is, you know, really quite slow. So it feels pretty comfortable, but... You know, at the same time, I think when Victorians do do go up and race there, it does seem to be like a bit of a brutal track to race on. Just um, you know, the size and I guess the solid the solid tempo which you normally get. So you know, I do think it is a little bit different for horses um, when they travel there as well. You drove tough Tilly to win the four-year-old Mia's final over her very very good stable mates, ladies and Red and Joanna. Did that surprise you? Um, no, not entirely because. The thing, Tough Tilly has just felt terrific, you know, two trials and, and raced up back and, um, you know, I said to Emma after she trialled and, and after she raced at Ballarat as well that, like, I've never had a horse absolutely bolting in a 26, you know, final quarter and she did that at the trials and then she did it again at Ballarat and, you know, she's almost, she was almost, you know, sort of running over wheels. Um, she was just absolutely bolting and, yeah, I just, I hadn't had a horse feel like that, you know, for a very long time, if ever, and... I just knew she was, you know, in the zone. She was really flying. So, um, you know, obviously when you talk about beating um, a, a champion like ladies and readies, it's a pretty big task. But um, I'm not entirely surprised with the way that Tough Tilly's been feeling in her recent runs and, and with the run she got the other night. And, you know, that slow middle section really, you know, she was able to control the race and, and, and be too good for them. She's a wonderful filly who's become a wonderful mare, but she's a, a far more deeper story than that. Um, some of the money uh, she earns is, goes towards EB research, and some people listening to this would think, well, what is EB? It's, uh, of course, a, a skin condition which has affected the lives um, of the people involved with the horse, including 
uh, Tilly Wilkes, who has become someone very close to you. Can you tell us more about that and, and what you're going to be doing to create more awareness about EB? As I said, it's a debilitating, debilitating skin condition, but many people wouldn't know much about it, Kate. No, I'd never heard of it until, um, you know, I, I became, you know, I first drove tough killing and Craig Dudd from Benside Standardbreds, you know, told me all about, you know, all about, um, you know, the horse tough Philly and, and what she was, who she was representing and um, Craig Dudd himself has a daughter with the condition and, and um, that's how his association became with um, Corey Wilkes, Philly's dad and, and the EB Foundation. But um, it, it's cruel. Um, basically, babies are... Um, most are born with it or develop it very quickly and um, it's, you know, a, a condition where the skin's so thin that it just blisters and, and just constantly blisters and um, you can't even sort of pick, pick babies up and it'll just, their skin will peel and it's, it was heartbreaking the first um, time I learned about it and watched a video on Tilly and when she was younger and I was like, my goodness, this is awful and because it's... Um, you know, there's, I think there's about a thousand people in Australia with it. So compared to a lot of things that, you know, it's not heard of because there's not a lot of people with it. But it's just so painful for babies and children. And as a parent, you just you couldn't possibly fathom having to, you know, <laughs> try and deal with that. And um, I think the life expectancy is generally um, 50, or it can be a lot less if they have an extreme version of it. Um, so um, particularly, I think she has more of a simple, simpler version of it. But if you, you know, if you watch the video on Tilly on Facebook, it's still awful, and um, it's just something that like most people aren't aware of. But it's it's really quite cruel, and um, to raise more funds and bring more awareness for it, the EV Foundation contacted me earlier this year and asked if I'd like to run the New York Marathon later in the year. Um, you know, to raise funds to raise funds for, you know, such a great cause and one that we desperately, you know, need to find a cure for. So, super exciting. Well, it sounds exciting. It also sounds very exhausting, to be honest, Kate. So, you've already done a marathon. Um, you've done a, a 3.23, which is no small deal, running a 3.23 marathon. So, uh, tell us about how a horse person, who's one of the best in the land, is going to find time to train for the New York Marathon, go to New York, and run the New York Marathon. Yeah, it's tough, you know, but it was an opportunity that I just couldn't pass up, and it's sort of in between, you know, our major, you know, um, races. So um, I think I can I can only go for about a week. Um, so I did want to do a little bit of sightseeing while I was there. So I'll, I'll try and get a little bit of that in, but um, can't be away for too long because it is sort of our major races are around that time. So, but you know, I'll just make the time. I mean, it's something that um, you know I really want to do. Um, you know, for the foundation, and and I'd love to run it. You know, um, for myself, obviously, I've already ran a marathon, but um, it, the New York Marathon's you know really tricky to get into. You have to be pretty fast to get into it. So um, this is a great avenue to enable me to do that while raising um, funds and awareness for such a great cause. And um, I've got myself a coach, so um, I'm, I'm just starting that today. So I've, I've got plenty of time, but um, you know, I really want to make the most of the opportunity you know, for the foundation and um, and to run the best time I can as well. So, um, yeah, it's something that I'm really looking forward to. So, Kate, tell us, for people who want to learn more about EB, um, who it affects, how they can donate to not only the association or, of course, to yourself and to get behind you and find out more about your marathon in New York, where do we head for more information? Yeah, so if you just head to my Facebook, um, 
Kate Gath, I've put a link up, um, you know, on where to, you just have to click the link and there's a fundraising page set up to donate and um, anyone that is able to do that, I'm so grateful and I appreciate it more than, you know, anyone could know and um, so if people are able to do that, that would be fantastic and, um, you know, we're definitely working towards finding a cure for this cruel disease and there's also a video on the, on my page where I've set the link up that um, does actually show Gilly and and um, what it's like growing up with it. And it's pretty heartbreaking, so get the tissues out. But it's just something that, um, you know, I need to do to show, to make people aware of it because most, like myself, had never heard of it and um, we need to find a cure. So hopefully we can, you know, by fundraising, um, we'll eventually get one. Okay, Kate, away from doing this wonderful work um, for the association and, of course, popping up to Menangle to win some races, you're one of the champion drivers in Victoria. Is that a strange way to be? I mean, probably 20 years ago when you first started out, you didn't think back then when there were legends like the late Gavin Lang and Ted Demler was just finishing up driving. Obviously, Chris Alford was still driving then. To think that one day you would be the leading metropolitan driver in Victoria at Melton must have seemed almost impossible to achieve then, even though now it's reality. Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, I didn't even think when I was um, younger that I could even do it full time because back in um, South Australia, it just wasn't an option there because there wasn't a lot of money in it. So um, just been lucky enough to get to drive the horses I've driven and, um, you know, obviously my association with Andy, you know, has um, just totally, you know, changed, paved the way for me. And, um, yeah, I'm really grateful for that. And then um, obviously a couple of years ago with Emma and Clayton started, um, you know, using me on a lot of their horses. It, you know, it just made all the difference. And really, I was driving for two of the largest stables in Victoria. So it was, you know, obviously the reason why I was able to win those um, couple of Metro Drivers Premierships. But like you said, it, it just goes to show that nothing's out of anyone's reach. You know, um, you know, anything can, anything can happen. And the amount of good horses I've driven over the years and continue to get to drive, um, you know, is still... Still astonishes me, so um, it's just great to be in the position that I'm in, and I'm really grateful for it. Okay, Kate, I need to ask you this because Emma Stewart and Clayton Tonkin are very hard workers, and their horses always look rock hard fit. What do they like to drive for? Like, they like to go to the front of the field and run their horses along. Um, have you ever stuffed one up and they've had to tell you off? Because when you meet them in real life, they're actually not like their public personas. They're actually lovely people. So what happens when you, things don't go your way with Emma and Clayton? Well, often they're not at the races, so um, I don't really know that answer, which is good. But no, look, honestly, I, I get along with them really well. And like you said, when you speak to them at the races, like, you know, um, they're really good to talk to. And, um, yeah, to be honest, I've, I've you know... Um, I've never never really copped a spray or anything, so um, they're actually pretty good to drive for. And and like you said, you know their horses are are so fit and they do such a great job. But um, you know, a lot of the time um, they'll 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 pick and choose like their targets. A lot of the time they don't want their horses driven, you know, over the top tough. Um, you know, just if they have to be to win or something like that. But um, people probably get the perception that they, you know, really. Um, you know, want you to go out there and, and, and drill their horses and it's, it's actually not the case a lot of the time. So, um, like you said, they love their horses. They're so good at what they do and, um, yeah, it was um, a privilege to be able, you know, privilege to be able to get to draft for them. 
they're putting you on some great paces. You've driven great paces in the past, of course. You've won Hunter Cups and Victoria Cups, but you've also driven some amazing trotters, so horses like Tornado Valley, and at the moment you've got the best trotter in Australia in Majestioso. Do you enjoy driving one type of horse, pacer versus trotter, more than the other? Um, not really. As long as they're good, I don't mind. <laughs> um, <laughs> trotters are like the, the gate speed that Tornado would have, you know, um, out the mobile was pretty good, and that's it's sort of not a better feeling than a horse that can just, you know, um, run the mobile hard and, and fast and, and sort of get to the front. But um, yeah, I, I sort of just like driving you know there is nothing better than driving a really nice smooth gated you know good trotter but um to be honest i really enjoy enjoy driving both of them and like i said it's uh it's uh, good and fast like i enjoy driving catch as much as i do majestuoso so um yeah um give me either or really when uh, are we going to see Catch a Wave next um obviously the superstar two-year-old from last season and i'm sure even though it's a long way away in the back of your mind and in Andy's mind are the words TAB Eureka because it's $2.1 million and it could, could fall nicely into the slot for Catch a Wave in about 15 months. Yeah, you know, that's a great option to have and, um, you know, it's, it's really great that um, Harness Racing, you know, Australia has been able to get together and, and put this race on and, um, you know, Catch a Wave will go around this Saturday in the APG final. So um, he's... Um, you know, he's going very well and um, he should run a, run a great race. And then hopefully all being well between now and the Eureka, he'll be, you know, everything will run smoothly and he'll be going, you know, going his best at the time and um, he'll have a really good, you know, really good shot at it. But there's a lot of time, water under the ridge, bridge between now and then, but um, to have that option is just, it's outstanding and it's massive for the harness racing industry for us to have a, you know, $2 million race. So um, something to really look forward to. Well, something else to look forward to, probably not the actual event, but the build-up to the event is the New York Marathon, Kate. I'm very proud of what you're going to do there for EB. And so you're saying if people want to know more about this, some of our listeners this morning, they can head to your Facebook page, Kate Gath, G-A-T-H, and they can get a link to EB, find out more about uh, yourself, what you're going to be achieving in New York, and more about Tilly, and of course more about EB research and how people can help um, be part of that. Yes, that's right, and thank you to everyone in advance that takes the time to have a look at it. And um, and if they can donate, and they do, um, or even just if they can't donate, even just mentioning to other people and raising awareness, you know, of EB is really important. So thank you. Kate, thanks for joining us this morning on Sky Sport Radio, and uh, congratulations on the Group 1 on Saturday night. You're welcome. Thank you. Kate Gath, who is an outstanding race person and, of course, a, uh, a burgeoning marathon runner. So amazing story. And, yep, if you're on Facebook, um, Kate Gath, that's G-A-T-H, if you're not a harness racing person. And Kate's got a link there to EB Research. And the story of Tilly, the young lady who this horse is named after and who she is helping uh, to raise awareness about what she's suffering and then heading to the New York Marathon to run that and how you can maybe sponsor her in the smallest way if in fact you back a winner in the next week or two but that of course runs right through until November I think the marathon is so uh, wonderful story on many many levels the tough Tilly story also from Victoria we had Brent Lilly who was successful in two of the feature trots on Saturday night. I think we've got him on the line too so we'll check in with Brent. Good morning Brent, thank you for joining us mate. 
Oh, my, my apologies, Brent isn't there yet. He's still on the track, so we will get to him in a second. Who we do have, though, is someone who can't stop driving winners, and that's Jack Trainer. Hello, Jack. How are you, mate? Nice to join you. Nice of you to join us on a Monday morning. Yeah, good day, Mick. Uh, thanks very much for having me on. Mate, um, you've been awfully busy recently popping backwards and forwards across the Tasman. You're driving a stack of winners and you're heading to Menangle tomorrow because we have the Tuesday afternoon meeting and you seem to have a very strong hand in the next three heats of the TAB Regional Championship. These are the Metro heats, obviously, the ones that are closer to town. You're going to come up very short in the markets, Jack, and I wanted to get through a couple of these with you. So let's talk about tomorrow coming out of Menangle. The first of the heats is at 2.47, and you have Surf Ace. What chance do you give Surf Ace in the small field? Um, yeah, well, he actually pleasantly surprised me um, last week. Mick, he just, um, just missed, run third, not, not beaten awfully fast, so... Uh, he's a horse that's got to be driven a certain way and not used early, just driven for his speed. But being a small field, that'll only help. And um, although Matt Goldtoff's horse uh, looks to be probably the hardest to beat, I'm sure if he gets the right drag into the race, he'll be finishing off strong. Mate, you've also got um, a good chance in the next of the heats. In fact, it's probably going to start favourite in, I think it's Ilac Beach. Um, what do you make of Ilac Beach? Because he seems to have fallen into the right race. It doesn't look an overly strong heat of the championships. No, that's right. Um, yeah, he's come over from Tasmania with really good form and um, he won a couple quick here and um, then pretty much put it black and white. The wheels fell off a bit in his trip and so I just give him a couple of weeks off and I've just sort of held him back um, waiting for this race and his work at home indicates that he's back on track and back to how he sort of come over um, you know, six or so months ago and yeah, I expect him to be a really big player in that race tomorrow. In the last of the heats tomorrow, that's race six, which goes just after four o'clock Sydney time. You've got Stravinsky. Now, the form doesn't look sharp, but you've only had this horse for five starts. I presume, again, this is the series you aimed him at. Yeah, that's right. It's, um, everything sort of just worked out that he managed to get himself into that grade. And um, if you look deep into his form, he's been racing horses like Ideal Dan um, in that APG series. And just with him, he just hasn't had any sort of luck in his runnings of late. He's sort of been caught in the chair or done things wrong early, and um, that's why his form's looking so patchy. But he's a lot like Ilac Beach. I think we've got him back where we need him, and he's got good gate speed too, and he'll only be suited by the distance. So I think he's probably my best chance of the day. Jack, there's another couple there tomorrow which I thought will be uh, well within the punter's sights. What's your views on Luke John? Because for those who don't know, Luke John actually ran second in a derby in New Zealand to Krug. Uh, he probably hasn't lived up to that form. He's second up tomorrow in a up to rating 60. So the best version of Luke John in race three will be awfully hard to beat, I would have thought. Yeah, that's right. I've only um, given him the one start and um, he looked like he had a lot to offer just before he went off stride at the top of the straight. So you can put a pin through his last start. And I've just been um, spent a bit of time tinkering around with his gear at home, uh, just trying to make him a bit safer and a bit better. And I feel like we're all over that now. And he's got good gate speed. He'll be heading forward, hoping to find the front. And um, yeah, I expect him to be able to run through his grade. So he should be able to handle an up 50 rating, no problem. Let's get to a couple of horses that our listeners won't know very well, even if they are harness racing fans. And the first on the card for the Trotters tomorrow, you're on Kormayua for Anton Galino. So a Victorian horse coming to Menangle. Have you had a sit behind this one? 
No, I haven't had a sit behind it. I don't know a lot about it, but um, obviously any time you can get a drive for Anton, um, being such a top trot trainer, I'm sure he wouldn't have just sent it up here for no reason. So, um, yeah, hopefully it puts everything its best foot forward and does everything right, and, um, yeah, I'm sure it would be a good chance too. In race two, you've got Rockin' Return, who's come across, like yourself, from New Zealand. The trials form doesn't stand out, but was it a case of taking it to Menangle and just giving it a sighter? Yeah, that's right. I just wanted to show her the gate, and um, obviously she's having her first start. We bought her out of a workout out of New Zealand. Um, she's got a little bit of breeding. She's a half-sister to good mare Spellbound, so she's got a few things going her way and um, drawing the inside tomorrow. She's probably a mare that's or Philly that's going to just get better with racing and, and probably even a break in a bit of time but I'm sure she'll still go a really good race tomorrow, although all planned I'm still learning with her as well. Jack, one of the things we find with horses you're driving at the moment, and one of those is uh, David Thorne's Philly Year Charlie in race 7 tomorrow, is they're often coming up short, we're seeing that with horses you train and some of the Jason Grimson type horses, Year Charlie is going to be short in the markets tomorrow, even though it's had a stack of trials and hasn't been standing out at the trials and is up against horses who have won quite a few races. So is Year Charlie a horse who's going to just win from barrier one or a horse who maybe might come in underpriced in the market? Yeah, she's a um, funny one, Year Charlie. She, she's had a lot of trials because she was doing a lot of things wrong. Um, I noticed her last trial, she put it all together and um, in turn she actually trialled quite nicely. So there's no doubt that she does have uh, the ability and um, David Thorne has always had a bit of an opinion of her but um, just struggled to keep her in a pace throughout the whole trip. So she's a horse that I definitely wouldn't be taking short odds um, from a punting point of view but I also wouldn't be surprised if the real year Charlie turned up. She's very capable of winning. Want to ask you about a horse who's a relative newcomer to your stable, Perfect Stride. I know you're thrilled to be having horses in the barn for Emilio and Mary Rosati because they're such big owners. Fourth the other night behind Cash and Flow, no disgrace in that. Should our listeners maybe stick with Perfect Stride if in fact he can sneak into an easier race at some time shortly? Yeah, I think so. Uh, uh, to be honest, I was a little bit disappointed with his run on um, Saturday night. I thought he, he should have at least run second. Um, Again, I'm still working the horse out myself. He is a five-year-old um, stallion now, so he might have just been doing a bit more thinking than he should have been. But he's the sort of horse that when he gets the right sort of run and um, they, their leaders probably do a bit too much work, he's got brilliant speed. So he'll definitely win his fair share of races. And you know he's definitely one that, if the punters did see him dropping in grade, as you said, he'd be worth having something on for sure. Mate, great to have your uh, your thoughts on this big, strong team you're driving and training tomorrow out of Menangle, mate. Uh, things have been going super. Keep up the good work. No worries. Thanks very much, mate. It's Jack Trainer who has a big hand tomorrow. We have the Metro Heats, the next three of the Metro Heats of the Regional Championship coming up on Tuesday afternoon. So our regular Tuesday afternoon Menangle meeting is going to be actually a lot stronger than it would usually be. So we'll take a short break here on on the pace. It's great to have your company on a Monday morning. Still trying to get Brent Lilly off the track in Victoria. In fact, we're not going to take a break. What we're going to do is talk to him because we have five precious minutes left. And Lil, I know you're a hard-working man. We appreciate you taking the time to talk to us. 
That's what happens when you come to Sydney and start winning races because you won two of them on Saturday night. And I'm picking the one who's closest to your heart is the wonderful little mare in Queen Alida. Yeah, that's right, Mick. Um, yes, no, we had a uh, good night up there, so uh, not very pleasing. She's only a four-year-old mare. She was put up ridiculously big odds in the books for the La Cucaracha, the Group 1 mares race. Yes, she had a bad barrier draw, but, gee, she was strong to the line. That last 400 metres, she just chased them down for Chris Alford. Yeah, well, she was a long way back in, in, in the running, and, um, yeah, it, it was a big ask, uh, you know, the, the last 800 from where she was, and, and the way the race was run, you know, that second quarter, the leaders got it pretty easy. So it was, um, no, it was certainly, uh, you know, a top effort from her. And, um, you know, only her second run up uh, as a four-year-old, sort of stepping out of, you know, racing, um, you know, her own age and sex. So, uh, no, pretty exciting. Uh, looking forward, I'd say. It's often the case when they race in the Breeders' Crown or they race um, in an Oaks race, you, you're not sure how they will stack up as four, five and six-year-olds. Do you think up against the boys, the Majestiosos of the world, she can be competitive in free-for-all grade? Oh, no doubt. Yes, look, um, you know, uh, some some of the uh, things she did last year, uh, you know, at Maryborough there one day, um, she broke uh, 55 for a half around there, sort of coming three and four wide and things. So, you know, we... We we always sort of hoped and we knew she was fast enough and um, and things. So just a matter of uh, you know giving her a good spell and uh, and getting her back up to uh, scratch and and yeah, just hoping that she'd come on, which she has. Yeah. But, yeah okay. So no what's, like, so yeah, what's yeah. the goal, Brent? Well, what, what what do you set a horse like her for with the, the the racing season having changed so much? Is she a horse who, in the back of your mind, you have the Inter Dominion Trotting Championship? Oh, for sure. You know. Um, uh, it's sort of on our back door and um, uh, not till, uh, you know, the end of the year. So, um, and, and, you know, her being a Kiwi, uh, a Kiwi mare, there's not a hell of a lot, um, you know, for her as a four-year-old. The Breeders' Crown's sort of only worth 30000 and things. So, yeah, she's heading in the right direction and um, certainly that will be the, uh, you know, that, that will be the big goal with her uh, later in the year. Brent, we were talking to Kate Gath just about 10 minutes ago about Victorian horses coming to an angle. Some seem to like it, some seem to hate it. You seem to have had decent success at Menangle. Do you do anything differently heading to Menangle, apart from the travelling, than you would do heading to a Victorian track? No, not really. Look, you know, we, we all our horses sort of work over, you know, long long distances. You know, they, they don't do... Um, any real sprinting work, um, you know, well, very little sprinting work as such, but, you know, we we do a lot of work over sort of 4,000 metres, you know, two and a half mile and, and strong work. And, um, yeah, I think it always, you know, uh, in, in the campaigns, it stands them to uh, good steed, really. Um, you know, the, like you say, a lot of times horses do seem to struggle at Menangle, but, um, but our ones have always handled it, no, no problem. You won the last race on the card also with uh, Kai Valley Chief, who, who's always been a pretty nice horse. He's by Muscle Hill, of course, the breed-shaping Muscle Hill. Uh, one fifty-six miles, it's not a bad effort. He's, he's probably a horse who also is going to turn up in the free-for-all on odd occasions. 
Uh, yeah, look, I, I thought he could have been a really good horse, but he's, he has had a few soreness problems um, right from his uh, three-year-old year, which probably just holds him back a little bit. But um, no, it was it was a good run. So I've just I've left him up there with Luke um, uh, and Belinda for um, the Bull Eye Trotters Cup this week, which I'm sure he'll uh, he'll go well in again. He's in the, yeah, certainly in the right uh, right form now. Well, Brent, we know you are an outstanding trainer of both gates, but predominantly with the trotters, you have great success. Have you got one racing in Victoria this week, which for our listeners, they could just paste away on the phone or the race tracker and think to themselves at some stage, hmm, I might have a couple of responsible dollars on this. Um, yeah, well, this week we've got Melton and uh, Robbie Royale is a horse that um, he's done a good job, but he's, he's just, uh, you know, one knocks below the top ones, but... He finds a real suitable race uh, at Melton on Saturday night over 2,700 stand, which he loves. Um, and he's uh, sort of been let up in the handicaps only off 10 metres. So I think he's one that could be uh, over the odds and certainly worth an each-way bet. Well, Lil, congratulations on getting a double and, of course, concluding the Group 1, the La Cucaracha with Queen Alida on Saturday night. It's not an easy thing to do, mate. Um, good luck for the Bulleye Cup hitting forward this week and may thank you for joining us on sky sport radio this morning no problem Mick. cheers that's brent lilly our thanks to him of course also to jack trainer talking about the metro heats tomorrow at menangle and the story of the day kate gath the wonderful story behind tough tilly who won the group one on saturday night if you're looking for more information and you're on facebook just go to kate gath to her profile and find out more about what she'll be doing for awareness and to raise funds for research into the horrendous skin disease, which is EB. That's on the pace here on a Monday morning. I hope you enjoyed hearing all those harness racing stories. We take a break tomorrow as the hounds have their moment in the sun. And then we're back at 10.30 on Wednesday morning on the pace with Brittany Graham.